Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And they say the millennials are the hardest to reach. I'd like to do a little foreshadowing for the show. Don't read my diary when I'm gone. Okay. I'm going to work now. When you wake up this morning, please read my diary. Look through my things. Figure me out. Talking away, I don't know what else to say, say it anyway. Today's another chance to find you shying away. Now be coming for your love, okay? Take on me. Take me This is Alan. I'm here with Andrew today. Mm. <laughs> What's going on, man? Hello. <laughs> and uh, just off the top, just a couple of mistakes I made last time. Crimson Standard is not a $60 million contract. It is a $600 million contract. Forget a zero. And instead of Brian Anders, it's Eric Anders. And I may have messed that up again. Thanks, Google. Mm-hmm. So to start things off, roll tide, man. What do you think about the game? Man, it's a pretty good game for a little bit. And then it turned into a, nothing. A beatdown. Yeah. Just like a lot of the other games. Yeah. It was played. Yeah. <laughs> like Ohio State. Ohio State. They, they do that a lot, though. Yeah. That's Oregon State. But that's just too much. Oklahoma got all over Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Yeah. And then there's Happy Valley, which 
almost wasn't so happy. Yeah, it was almost very sad. Appalachian State almost got yeah, a did. I actually watched was watching that game and I was pulling for I was pulling for Yeah, them. I think the whole country was, yeah. except for Penn State fans. Yeah. I was pulling for them. Mm-hmm. I love upsets like that. It's always a lot of fun. Michigan got beat by Notre Dame. Yeah. 24-17. You watch a lot of the Auburn game yesterday? It was an exciting game. Yeah. <laughs> I was, it was like typical kind of Auburn stuff like, oh, crap, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to pull through or yeah. what's going to happen? I wanted, What about our receiving core this season, man? Our receiver? Yeah. Judy's, he impressed me. He had four receptions uh, for 64 yards, two touchdowns. They got, you remember it was the one where Tua stepped up into the pocket, that one where they roughed him. Yeah. Where the guy hit him low. And he just kind of put the ball up. You know who that reminded me of? Johnny Manziel. Really? The way Johnny used to do stuff, man. He'd just be turning and just throwing and every touchdown. And you'd be like, crap, how do you do it? But he put it up just so like, and Judy wasn't hitting that way. Judy saw it and he was like, okay. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. He got to it. Like, it reminded me of the Manziel stuff because it was just like, throw it up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's nothing you can do against that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what could you do different? You know, it's too hard to do. I got to see Manziel when he come to Bryant Benny. Did you? That was, yeah, I was at that game. That was so much fun mm-hmm. being able to see him. Seeing Cam Newton when they. Yeah. When he single-handedly beat us in the second half at Bryant Denny, I was at that one. That was a lot of fun. It was electric, not for us Mm-mm. at all, but <laughs> it was it was good to see Cam Newton in person, I guess. Yeah. He's a great player. Mm-hmm. To highlight another player on Alabama defensively, wouldn't be surprised if he got SEC Player of the Week. Uh, number 14, Thompson, the safety for Bama, had the interception. Several good plays on the ball, just breaking up passes, really getting in there and not getting the flag drawn. Just really good defense. Also, congratulations to LSU on their victory over Miami. Their defensive backs were incredible, too. Uh, two of them coming to mind. Even one of them could get Defensive Player of the Week. We're moving on into movies, and today we're specifically going to be looking at comic book anti-hero. So go ahead and define that for us. Anti-hero. It's somebody who teeters back and forth between being a hero or a villain. Kind of like a stuck in the middle. There's some things that they do that is a form of justice to some people but not to others. Yeah, it's like they don't mind being judge, jury, and executed. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, sometimes, and there's a lot of people in the world today that live that way. But uh, that's what they are. And there's a, there's a lot of them that you don't realize that's what they are unless you know the background to them. Mm-hmm. But I have a top ten list here Ooh. of anti-hero villains. All right, well, let's take a look at this list. Uh, number ten is going to be Blade, like the vampire Blade. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, yes. Anti-hero. You know, he was born half vampire, and, uh, and he pretty much protects innocent people that are, can be victim of vampires. We know that. 
Right. He's an anti. He was considered an anti-hero. Uh, number nine, we got Ghost Rider. And a lot of people don't know it, but Ghost Rider was not a good film. No, it was not <laughs> a good film. But he's like one of the strongest characters in Marvel because he is the apocalypse. Like he he can cause that the end of the world. His his character is Johnny Blaze. He's possessed by a demon, but he uses those powers to battle other demons to protect the innocent. You know, like most people. And you know, a lot of the, a lot of this is sounding like okay. Sounds like they're doing nothing but good, and they are in a sense. But the way they're carrying it out is what makes them a, a anti-hero. Mm -hmm. They don't mind. They don't mind killing shooting, people. Shooting people in the forehead. You know? Yeah, they don't have the <laughs> do not kill yeah, clause yeah, exactly. in their code of conduct. Exactly. Uh, number eight is going to be Black Widow. The Avengers. Okay, didn't know that. Natasha Romatoff. Uh, in the comic book, she teeters between uh, working for Hydra and Shield. She goes back and forth. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that, but um, she also worked for Russia as an assassin. Did they represent that? Any? They they did that a little bit in the films, didn't they? They showed a little they, bit of her background, like when uh, when she was a child mm -hmm. and being programmed, as I call it. Okay. Number seven is going to be the Winter Soldier. Uh, his his name is uh, Bucky Barnes. If you've seen the movie Civil War, you know something about the Winter Soldier. Right. And then the movie Winter. There's a movie Winter Soldier too, but they go they go uh, go along with each other. At the end, uh, you know, we all think Bucky dies in, the, in Captain America, the first one. He comes back, and they've programmed him mentally, and they gave him a robot arm. So he, that's the bad side of him. That's the anti part of him. He's still got that Hydra programming in his mind. And if somebody says the right sequence of words, can trigger him. Yeah, can trigger him, set him off, you know, and he can do bad then. Number six is Magneto. Magneto, considered a villain the most. But really, he's helped out. In the comic books, he's helped Professor uh, X, Charles Xavier, a lot to fight certain people. Such as? To keep them safe. Well, you look in the uh, days of future past, uh, Magneto has teamed up with Charles, and they are fighting the Sentinels that are pretty much unstoppable. But they're fighting them together. The reason that Magneto would help Xavier would be because these Sentinels were specifically targeting mutants. Yeah. And Magneto ultimately just wants Earth to be mutants. Yeah. He don't care about humans. No, not at all. That's why it's kind of hard to think about him anti-hero, but I do, yeah, he did. He does help good people, but it's out of mm -hmm. bad intent. Mm-hmm. And he helps. Selfish desire. He, yeah, he helped Apocalypse for a little bit. Oh. But then turns against Apocalypse. And, you know, that's part, that's the third movie to the, Beginning X Men and Beginnings trilogy is the rise of Apocalypse. And Apocalypse, pretty legit character. He can't. It's hard to beat him because he's pretty much like the first mutant ever. We got number five here. It's gonna be the Submariner. Sounds weird, but that's what it is. Submariner. Yeah, I know, right? It's kind of like a Aquaman. It's kind of like a Marvel's version of Aquaman. 
okay. you know, Aquaman is DC. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of like what he's the prince of uh, Atlantis. So I mean, he is tip or tat. Pretty much, yeah. Submariner. Yeah, he was he he was created in like 1939 or something like that. And he helped out with Captain America. And in Fantastic Four, uh, Johnny Storm found a homeless man who happened to be that guy. And that guy didn't like it. It pissed him off because he saw how bad his land had been because he'd been away from his land, his homeland, where he was from. And they had destroyed it. Probably Atlantis? Yes. And he was mad about it. So he teamed up with Dr. Doom. He's either fighting against the Fantastic Four or he's fighting alongside the Avengers or X-Men. So that's how he's anti-hero. Yeah. So he's got beef with Fantastic Four, but... Yeah, but he's cool with the Avengers and X-Men. So it's, <laughs> okay. Why? It's a little weird. A little, little, little weird. Well, coming in at number four is going to be Venom. Okay. Uh, there's more than one Venom, and I'm not talking about the Agent Venom. Agent Venom is when uh, Flash Thompson joined the military and they put some of that uh, symbiote on him. Mm-hmm. And that's what they called him, Agent Venom. But I'm talking about the one that infected Spider-Man. Okay. Spider-Man couldn't take it. So he went to the top of a tower with bells. And when he rang the bells, the symbiote detached from him. Mm-hmm. And spilled it onto Eddie Brock, uh, investigative reporter. Uh, if he's not fighting Spider-Man, He's protecting homeless people. I mentioned before that he had like a counterpart that people get him confused with. Yeah. And that's Spawn. And that's not to be the same thing. It's not the same thing. Spawn's a good series to read if you want to read it, but it's not the same thing as Venom. Okay. They do. Uh, they do look a lot. Alike they do the look like Yeah. And they can do a lot almost the same. Got number three. Three. We got the Punisher. Oh, Frank Castile, or Castle, however you want to say it. I call him Castelli. Okay. Uh, twang on it. He once was a lawman, good officer. Then the mafia murdered his whole family. And he went after him. Took justice in his own hands. Went and murdered every one of them. Let me ask you something about Punisher. What's his superpower? He's just really he good. He don't guns. have us. He's a straight up human. One of the few that is. He's straight up just human. Straight up. No power. Okay, that's what I thought. Nothing. He's just, I mean, besides being bad. a good shot, being a John Wick is what he is. Okay. Being a Jason Bourne is what he is. That's a good series to watch on Netflix. It's a Punisher. Okay. Got that and Daredevil. They go along with each other. There's more in that series that they have on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. It's Iron Fist. Yeah, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. Pod is called the Defenders. It's kind of like the Avengers, just like the minor leagues. Okay. That's what it is, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, I like Daredevil. I thought they've done a really good job of the show was awesome. The movie that Ben Affleck was in was not good. Oh, that movie was trash, but, but in, in the TV series, they've done a really yeah, good job. TV of, like, series he's blind, amazing. and they've done a good job of showing yeah, that. Uh, the uh, 
the whole the Ben Affleck did it. it didn't, when I was a kid, it was good, and I kind of liked it then. But now, watching it, I'm like, ah, kind of sucked. Number two, anti-hero villain list. Deadpool. And that is a, the meat of the conversation today. We'll talk about him a little bit. We'll unload that a little bit more. So Deadpool is like, when I think anti-hero, him and Venom are the top two. I haven't heard number one yet, but Deadpool's the number one person that comes to mind. Yeah. Just because of the satire in the film. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that too. But there's other characters who have different histories than what people know. Mm-hmm. Because coming in at number one, it's going to be Wolverine. That's because in uh, the Ultimate X Men, mm-hmm. Magneto actually recruits Wolverine, and uh, he does bad for a long time. A lot of people don't know that. This when he breaks out of um, Striker or whatever, right? Or is it Striker? Yeah, Striker's the one who turns him, uh, put the metal in him. Mm-hmm. And, and he breaks out, and he's just trying to mm-hmm. find himself, right? And he does do a lot of bad during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tries to kill himself in a lot of different ways, too. Yeah, he does. Didn't he get run over by a train? Yeah. A couple honorable mentions I have here, though. Okay, let's hear these. One of them is uh, Dr. Doom. Okay, not familiar with him at all. Uh, he, he He's like Magneto. He's like he's better known as a villain. But he's also just, he's just a misunderstood guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He just has one of them justice eye for an eye kind of attitudes about himself that makes him do the things he does. You know. But when you when people think about him, they think more villain than anti-hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another honorable mention is going to be the Incredible Hulk. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know he smashed whoever made him angry. So he killing people left and right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess especially he didn't even when it first he happened. Did it. Yeah. He didn't know who he was doing it to. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he was just... last one I have is Moon Knight. And just because Moon Knight's... Probably, I wish they'd make a movie about Moon Knight. That'd be awesome. I don't think they will. Moon Knight is an awesome character. He's very powerful. Very powerful guy. So, who does he interact with? Is he just kind of like he's a standalone? With, he's, with, he's with the X-Men. Like, okay. He, he interacts with them. Well, let's talk about Deadpool 2. I had a, uh, it was like, because I made a comment, I, I hadn't liked a whole lot of the Marvel movies come out lately, and he's like, well, I don't guess you've seen Deadpool 2 yet. Uh, no, I haven't. And he's like, well, do you plan to watch it? Yes. And so now I've watched it, so we're spending a little time here today talking about Deadpool 2 and this whole anti-hero satire, breaking the fourth wall, it was a fun movie. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed it. It's always got, as far as, not just comedy, but about other movies and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Like talk, yeah, they're bringing up Avengers. Pop culture references. Bringing up uh, DC Universe, stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. funny to me to watch companies do that back and forth. And they do a good job with the details. I don't know if you noticed in the opening credits, produced by, did you really just kill her off? Yeah. Directed by... One of the guys who killed the dog in John Wick. 
Did yeah. you notice that as like the film was getting yeah. ready to go? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> and like you said, I mean, they're constantly making pop culture references, and um, they mentioned RoboCop. Yeah. Um, talking about Colossus, and oh, they brought yeah. up Thanos uh, for Roland. He also called him uh, One Eye Willie. In uh, one part of the movie, you know, he played on the Goonies. He was the older brother in the Goonies. Uh -huh. And that's what he uh, he called him. He says, okay, one eye, Willie. <laughs> yeah. Just going to start shooting at each other. See, I, I missed that. I thought he was talking about that crazy eye. I didn't even think about Goonies. Yeah. That's an awesome movie. Yeah, that's a throwback. Yeah. That's one of them cult movies right there. Yeah. All right, and so we had Fire Fist. Or Russell. Oh, and that was your most disappointing part? Yes. To me, it was like, I ain't hating on it. I mean, that might have been the look they was going for, but to me, and I guess a serious, a more serious uh, character probably wouldn't have done as well. But to me, that was just like the boy version of Fat Amy off Pitch Perfect. Okay. Like, it, that's just, I don't know, that humor, and then he had an accent too. And I just, I don't know. Kind of the same accent. Yeah, it just didn't really fit to me. I don't know, but mm -hmm. I don't really know a whole lot about that character background either. I like what Deadpool said about him, you know, <laughs> when he was first duking it out with Cable in the prison. He's like, I don't care about the kid and his are you my mother complex. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, that's exactly what's going on with this yeah. guy. Uh -huh. yeah. No family. Nothing. He had nothing, but it just, to me, it didn't, I didn't like the way it and did you know that it was going to be Juggernaut? That was going to be the giant? Yeah, unfortunately. Somebody spoiled it for me before I watched it. <laughs> no, spoilers here. Just spoiled that for you if you haven't seen it. Whoops. But they did a fantastic job of the character and his size and being right, correct. Because it's been so, missed. Yeah, that's that's how big he actually is. Mm -hmm. uh, in the comic books and everything, he's huge. Mm -hmm. Big old guy. It's kind of like the mountain of comic books. Mountain that's on the Game of Thrones. Uh, the guy's from like New Zealand. He's like six nine, four hundred something pounds. He's one like he's got so many records deadlifting stuff and picking stuff up. He's strong. And he the mountain in Game of Thrones is kind of like what Juggernaut is in Marvel. Okay, it's pretty. I didn't know that. Didn't didn't think about drawing that analogy. Yeah, they're kind of like so everybody. Everybody on both sides looks at him the same. Like he's a big guy. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the X-Force. X-Force. So you had Peter, and I love the comment, and this Peter. is some more of the uh, pop culture stuff. So what's your superpower? Oh, I don't have one. Yeah. And it, the photo is like, did I just get catfished? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the funniest part about all that is he comes in, and they tell him, you know, oh, you're hired, and the uh, cab driver <laughs> throws down there because he's been trying to get in the gang yeah. the whole yeah. the movie, and he throws it down, screams something. yeah. yeah. And then you had Domino, and that is Zazie Beats, and she is the chick from Atlanta. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, Donald Glover is, he's talented. Yeah. So he's Childish Gambino. He's got a really good music career. Um, earlier days, like 30 Rock, that you can see him in there. He was first getting started. Yeah. Then you have Atlanta where he's writing and producing his own show. Yeah. 
very talented guy. He's got his own stand-up. He's funny. So, very talented guy. Um, and Zazie Beats, who was Domino in the film, she's in Atlanta. So, if you liked her, she's in Atlanta as well. So, check yes. that out. <laughs> and then you had this alien guy who's, what's your power? I'm pretty much better at everything that you are. And I was like, are they talking about Superman? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> and then later, well, I guess we found something that he wasn't better at. Yeah. <laughs> and then Vanisher. You only saw Vanisher for like two seconds in the film. It's Brad Pitt. Yeah. You only see him when he's li lined out on that line, but it's Brad Pitt. Yeah. That was funny to see that because we were watching it, you know, just about an hour ago, and I was like, that's Brad Pitt. And then we look yeah. it up, and it's, it's Brad Pitt. I didn't, like, first time I had watched it, I didn't even notice, and then second time watching yeah. it through. You know, I really don't think that, I think he, I think Brad Pitt could go to any set of any movie and be like, let me play a little small part. Mm -hmm. And be like, okay. Well, why, why, it would be Brad Pitt. So, I mean, you ain't going to say no. Yeah. And, like, he might not even, you know, do a whole lot in the whole movie, but I bet he got paid. And Brad Pitt, man, I like I like a lot of the movies that he was in. Like, Snatch is one of my favorite movies of all time. That's an older movie. If you haven't seen it, it's about a blood diamond. And he plays a bare-knuckle gypsy boxing champion. Have you seen it? Yes. That movie. What I want a caravan with no else. That is a great movie if you haven't seen Snatch. Yeah. He plays in a lot of good movies. I like him in Fight Club. Yep, Fight Club. I also like him in uh, the movie Fury. Yeah, that was a good one. That's a good movie. That was what, 2012? Yeah. That's a good movie. That was good. Child LaBeouf had a crazy role in that one. Yeah. The guy who plays the Punisher plays in Fury too. It's the Walking Dead cat, right? Yeah, Shane from the mm -hmm. Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Sure is. All right. Well, let's talk about Venom. Let's talk about Venom. Eddie Brock. That's right. He's an investigative reporter. Okay. So, did you like Spider-Man 3's Venom? The Homecoming? No, okay. Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire. You didn't like Venom in that? Oh, well, Venom in that was okay, but the movie overall, that series, was not what I grew up watching cartoon of, so it was not the same to me. Okay. The Amazing Spider-Man um, that come out was what I... With Garfield? Yes, Andrew Garfield, yes. That's, what, that's the, what I watched. You know, he he didn't... Webb didn't come out of his arm. You know, I, he, like, I he, like that one, though. That one's handy, definitely. But I don't. I don't like the little tool. Yeah, but what I like about it is it can run out. And then he has to figure out something else. That's what I like about it. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. I didn't like those. I didn't like the Amazing Spider-Man. But the newest ones with the, the younger Homecoming? cat, Tom Holland, playing Spider-Man. He played in the Avengers. Mm -hmm. I really like them. I really like that series. It was cool that they brought in the Vulture on that the Homecoming movie. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. But Venom in Spider-Man 2 or 3 is pretty good. Well, I like the symbioid approach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't remember exactly how 
see, this movie's going to be different than that movie as far as where it comes from. You know, in that movie, if this Venom movie, you're not going you're not going to see so much of how it got to Earth. Uh, you're going to see how somebody who already has found it and they're testing it on stuff. Uh-huh. And Eddie Brock goes. He in went there to snooping find into out. the wrong thing. Yeah, and they, I guess they captured him. I guess they're going to capture him and you know, uh, expose him to it or something. But it turns out it turns it works really well for him to have it on his side. I heard that they were making the decision now. I think it's already been made that. It started out it was going to be a rated R movie, and now I think they've moved it to PG-13. Do you think that will have any effect on the success of it? And what they were maybe originally trying to well, do? Well, it depends. You can look at it from a couple different standpoints. Uh, I know that a lot of parents didn't tr- didn't really pay attention to Deadpool, the first one being rated R. Mm-hmm. And I say that because when I was in the theaters watching it, they was taking their kids up and out because of the things that was happening in the movie. Yeah, there was it's a lot going on. Yeah. But I'm thinking, it's a rated R movie. Right. I mean, even if it is Marvel, it's still rated R. And some parents might have know by now. You mm-hmm. know, and they realize, okay, if this is rated R, it really is, they don't need to go see it. So that might hurt them a little bit as far as parents not taking their kids to see it at all, if it is rated R. But the way that PG-13 movies are today, to me, there ain't much different than a rated R now, just a few, just, you know, like a couple lines in the whole movie, a couple scenes in the whole movie that separate uh, PG-13 and rated R. Let's talk about music, man. And, like, at the very beginning, I didn't introduce it, I just read it. Like, that was a quote from Kurt Cobain's journal. Reading through it, and he didn't want to be famous. Did you know that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of Kurt Cobain and Nirvana fans knew that he didn't want that lifestyle, but he didn't want to be poor either. And it was this, be famous or be poor. Yeah. And in the the diary or journal, whatever you want to call it, you kind of see this regular dude didn't really, mm-hmm. didn't care about the fame, didn't care about the, didn't care about that much, that part of it. And I think... The last unplugged that MTV done with Nirvana, that sound, the acoustic with the cello and the violin, and however it was mellow, I think that was the direction Nirvana was about to start heading. Another unplugged, if you haven't seen it, is when Lane Staley was still about in that Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. Remember when we saw them? Yeah. In Memphis and May, that was the reason that I wanted to be at Memphis and May. I knew Lane Staley wasn't there, but I'm a huge Alice in Chains fan. Black Keys were there. I think that's what drawn me the most was the Black Keys. Black Keys. Yeah, it was good to see them. Yeah. They were playing their El Camino album. You know, the one with the, the van on it? Yeah. It was that album. I would have loved to see seen Turn Blue. Yeah. Yeah. But it was good to see Lonely Boy and Goat yeah. on the Ceiling. Yeah. Get to see those songs. And they, yeah, they went back and played show. the older stuff, the fun, the fun stuff. Yeah, it's a good show. Well, I'll, I'll say fun. It's all fun. It's all good. Yeah. ZZ Top was there. Yeah. Wasn't that a crowd? Man. Like a complete time change. And Black Key fans and ZZ Top fans didn't mix. Do you remember all the fights that were breaking out? This past Memphis in May, they done a better job with spreading the people out. Because you know, like, you have your rap R&B artists, Mm -hmm. your rock fans, you have your, you know, Vance Joy kind of folk fans. 
and all the other. So these are a lot of different people. Yeah. A lot of different ideas mm-hmm. coming together, but they've done a really good job of spreading them out. That's good because it was not done that way. When no. We uh-uh. I thought I was going to see one tall. Yeah, but I bet that guy was probably 6'6", six, six, easy. Like, probably weighed 375. And this short little white girl, like she weighed about 100 pounds, soaking wet. Mm-hmm. Kept stepping on his foot. And I thought I was about to see her, see him throw her into the river. Oh, yeah, I thought he was going to snatch her up, man. Because she... We had that, to go, that was we a had rainy to one. We had to go buy clothes. Yeah, that was that was a rainy one. That was that the, the hardest one that we went to. It was yeah. kind of cool. Cold that one night. Yeah. And it rained that hard. One, that one store we went to was pretty cool, though. Uh, where we bought all our, our rain suits, because I already had the jacket. I just had mm-hmm. no pants. Mm-hmm. None of us had pants. Yeah. We all had the jackets. Because we woke up, we left on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Got there. Yeah, like, we got there the night that night. Yeah. And then Friday woke up. Friday morning, we woke up. And, and it was raining. Yeah, went to eat breakfast and got completely soaked on the way to get something to eat. And we decided to go... Get some, and we bought some. We went and bought some long johns too. Mm-hmm. I think we bought some bread and peanut butter. Maybe. Yeah, that's how we ate. Yeah, yeah. We ate cheap. Yeah, that was still a good time. Though it was fun. It was a good show. I mean, like I say, I was I was glad to be able to see Allison Chains yeah. and Black Keys, mm-hmm. Chevelle. Every time I've been to Memphis, May, Chevelle's been there. Yeah. I've seen Chevelle three times now. <laughs> and good. each time that they get better. Let me tell you this about Chevelle. Sid pointed it out when. You know the song, so lay down. Yeah. The red. Uh-huh. The, the crowd is singing. And he would do this like half a second delay. So like when you would say, so lay, he would stop singing. And when everybody was saying down, him and his guitar and the bass, they would down. Like right when you were coming out of down, they were going in. And it was just yeah, boom. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, they they've gotten really good with their sound, man. Because when they done that, that really just took it to the next level. Yeah. Like you were into the song. Mm-hmm. If you weren't banging your head, you started right, right yeah. then. Yeah, that's how it be sometimes. That's what inspires people. Mm-hmm. That's what gets people motivated. Mm-hmm. Seeing stuff like that. Yeah. Because I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There's people who are born with special talents, but Everybody can learn, mm-hmm. and all it takes is practice. And this kind of goes into influence. Yes. And so, music's not in my family. Music is no. not really in your family no. either. No, no, nobody plays an instrument. Mm-mm. I'm the first person in my family. That my great-grandfather played the harmonica. Yeah. I know my mama took piano when she was little, but she never did, like, uh, do a good... She never did practice a whole lot. Mm-hmm. When, when Pappy, my granddaddy, he would make her practice on Saturday mornings. And to her, Saturday mornings were sacred because that was cartoon morning. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it was back when you had Looney Tunes coming on. Yeah. And I wish I could still watch that. I used to watch it. It's hard to find now. It's, you got to have the boomerang. You got to have the boomerang channel. But that kind of, I love that. I love those. Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny. And she did too. So she didn't. Practice piano, mm-hmm. but besides that, besides people singing, uh, that's it. My family, I don't have nobody playing an instrument. Mm-hmm. So why, why did you, why did you pick up playing guitar? Why are you mm-hmm. singing? Why are you, why are you doing this now? 
Well, it all started when I saw a guy from Reform mm-hmm. named Ricky McCreary play the guitar. Dude had a he had a, he had a Gibson Les Paul. He was playing it. It was that uh, in yellow and uh, red sunburst mm-hmm. color. <clears throat> they was at my Jessica's parents' house. They was practicing. They had a little band. Mr. Keith uh, sang. They had a guy named Scott played drums. Uh, and they had one. Of, I think it was Ricky's son, Joey, that played the bass for him. But Ricky tore it up. And like I don't know. It was just seeing him do it, and he was talking to people while he was doing it. You know, right? And like it was nothing to him. And it just I was like, man, I'm gonna start playing. So then Jessica's dad had an old acoustic. He didn't play no more. Mm-hmm. And I started playing with it a little bit, messing around. Of course, this whole time I'm listening to music, and it's mainly like '99. Know, like southern rock or heavy rock mm-hmm. kind of music because that was what I liked at the time. I remember when I got my first guitar though that uh, I had broke my leg in football at Hubbardville. Casey Jones ran around the left, sweep left. Mm-hmm. He goes up the sideline. He's 10 times faster than me, okay? Right. So I'm watching him run past me and I'm like, well, I'm going <laughs> to turn around and I'm going to see if I can take somebody out. Yeah, you're about to lay somebody out. And I'm talking about as soon as I planted and turned, dude's shoulder pad hit my knee and it just snapped. Mm. And I went, it went black. I don't remember much. Yeah. And uh, Did you have any kind of bone out of the skin? No, no, none of that. None of that. Yeah. But, uh, good. Yeah, that would have been bad. I was at the Florida game when Brotho, remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Broke his leg. Yeah. You know where our seats are in the stadium? Yeah. Like it's on, right. it was on the end zone and he was on that side and yeah. so I was like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, I remember uh, that's graphic stuff. Yeah, I messed you up. But when I broke that my leg then and snapped all that stuff, uh, my mom had already put a guitar on layaway. And uh, oh man, this is cool. Was, Did she know that you wanted to play? Yeah, she, well they knew I had been. I had that. You had that acoustic, acoustic. that I'd been trying to play. And, uh, and they were trying to get you, is it electric? Yeah, it was an electric. It was just one of the first acts, you know, that Walmart had. Hold up, it ain't that one we put the pickups in, is yeah, it? Yeah, it is, it is, it is. That, I still have it, I'll never get rid of that guitar. <laughs> but uh, she said she was just laying in bed one night and said, hey, I, I gotta go buy that guitar. So she got up and it was like 11 o'clock at night. And what? She drove to Walmart and brought the guitar and come back and uh, woke me up at like 6 a.m. Here's the guitar. And it was... Telling her how it was going to be for Christmas or whatnot, but you had a lot of time on your hands. I had a lot of time on my hands, so and then that's when uh, I started. At, but then, right then, is when it really kicked off because that's when I started talking to other people who played, like Sydney and you. Yeah, you know, they showed me some stuff, and then I, of course I was still watching Mr. Keith and his band and them play. Uh-huh. Mine was remember it was a talent show years ago, man. Did the Proud Mary and. I could have told you if it was good then, but I I thought he rocked out, you know. I was yeah. like, look at my buddy up there killing it, dude. Yeah. That's my boy. <laughs> He's killing it. Yeah. And I heard Trevor McKay. Yeah. And then when I was 15, going on 16, kind of the same thing, my grandmother had kind of realized that I had really taken an interest in guitar. Yeah. 
and we went to DC Music. It's not open now. It's on that main strip, you know, or the Princess, yeah. on that little main drag in downtown Columbus. Walked in there and got me an acoustic guitar, got that Alvarez. And started doing lessons with a the guy there, but he was trying to teach me how to read music, and I didn't care anything about that. I wanted to rock. And so got lined up with you and uh, Sid, and, I mean, we were teaching each other and eventually got lined up with Dennis McKay through yeah. Sid. Yes. And the rest was history. Yeah. And being able, we were 18 and 19 years old, and you came on a little bit later. I introduced you to Dennis. Yes. And... He was just starting the recording studio thing, mm -hmm. and he was letting us record, and we were writing songs and doing covers. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the days. that's some of the funnest memories I have. Like yeah. in Mr. Dennis's recording studio, we were, yeah. especially like me and you did a lot of recording together. All right, well, to move into music, I wanted to focus tonight on songwriters. Michael Kuwonga, Kuwonga, um, song and. Just try them out on, listen to uh, I'm Getting Ready. That was back 2008. I think the album was called Topic. If you like that, it was pretty good. Damien Gerardo, he had Sheets. Man, he's got a lot of good a lot of good work. Sam Beam, or Iron and Wine, if you're unfamiliar with him. More recent song, it was back 2017. It was called Call It Dreamin'. Sam Beam has an excellent beard. Yes. It's epic. Yes. Gregory Allen Isakov, uh, to get you to check out the stable song, If I Go, I'm Going, that came off of The Empty Hemisphere in 2009, The Weatherman was a good album, the latest thing he's putting out, it comes out October 5th, it'll be called Evening Machines, that'll be Gregory Allen Isakov's new album coming out, that's Caves and Chemicals on Evening Machines. Um, his sound has developed. It's now becoming a little bit more electric like it used to be. Just kind of him and an acoustic guitar. And now the sound's kind of building. It's kind of like City in Color. You know how uh -huh. his sound developed? Um, and by the way, that's Dallas Green. He's from Alexis on Fire. It's called City in Color because his name is Dallas Green. And Dallas is a city and Green is a color. color. So City in Color, if you're unfamiliar with him, they've been around for a while. Um, to name off some of the albums you have. Sometimes, that was the first one. That was a good one. They had uh, Casey's song and... Black Knives. Mm -hmm. Black Hello, Knives. I'm in Delaware. Yeah, Hello, I'm in Delaware. Bring Me to Love. That is, that had Body in a Box. Yes. Constant Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little Hell. Yeah. Little Hell, The Hurry and the Harm, If I Should Go Before You. That That's was... the newest one. Mm -hmm. They're working on one right now. Yeah, they they're in the studio right now working on the next one. But that's the one we went and seen. If I should go before you was what we went and called. Yes, and it was awesome in Birmingham, and that was a great show. He did a great, fantastic job. Man, it he sounds just as good on the album. Oh, yeah. Well, all right, man. That's mm -hmm. gonna do it. Yeah. It's been Porch Talk, Andrew. Thank you for hanging out with me been tonight. Good. And you want to close the show this evening? Sure, man. It's a love, more precious than gold. It can't be bought, and it can't be told. I got love enough to spare, and that makes me.
When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.